You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Okay, welcome to another episode of Financial Insights Podcast, recording a little bit on the fly today, but I don't want to miss out on a week because we've had a busy one. Um, You know, we always try and break down complex financial concepts into a language that you can understand. And this week, we had a pretty important meeting from the Federal Reserve. And so we're going to deep dive into what the Federal Open Market Committee is and what they mean for an average investor. Uh, and what kind of week that we had as a result of some of the decisions they made this week. Because it has been, well, markets have been ripping again this week. It's not going to last forever. But after um, some ups and downs in the first half of the year, both with the Silicon Valley Bank and other bank failures in March and then the debt ceiling stuff going on, I know we'll have crises or real or perceived later this year. But for now, we're on an absolute tear. And one of the reasons is because this week, the FOMC, the the Federal Open Market Committee, which is the committee with the Federal Reserve that decides on interest rates, uh, had their June meeting. Uh, And as many had anticipated, and it's what came true, is that the committee kept interest rates steady at their just north of 5% level, between 5 and 5 and a quarter. But their commentary that comes after the rate announcement displayed a hawkish, almost aggressive bias towards future rate decisions. So let's let's unpack this terminology just for a bit. When we say hawkish, we're talking about a stance that's more inclined towards increasing interest rates, typically to curb inflation or overheating in the economy, something along those lines. In fact, something like we've been having here lately, right? As recently as last year, inflation was 8%. It's down to four about right now. One of the reasons is because rates have been going higher. But it's important to note that the FOMC is remaining data dependent. So in other words, they're closely watching the economic indicators and tailoring their policy decisions accordingly. They're saying that more tightening might be needed depending on how these economic indicators develop, but they're not outright declaring that more tightening will definitely occur. Now, four times a year, the committee updates what's called its Summary of Economic Projections, or SEP. To some, this is actually more crucial than the FOMC statement itself. And in their most recent SEP, it was apparent that most policymakers feel that further tightening could be necessary unless economic conditions significantly deteriorate. And the good news here is that predictions for GDP growth this year have been revised upwards. It's because our economy had a robust performance in the first quarter, but still there's a risk we could enter recession in the second half of this year. We've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast, and if you consume any other financial media, you hear about it all over the place. Even so, we could potentially achieve 1% growth for the year overall, thanks to that strong start right in the beginning. Now, many economists, including uh, those at LPL Research are predicting a mild recession by year end. And we're seeing signals that consumers may pull back on spending and business might slow their hiring pace. Unemployment could rise, uh, but not as sharply as Fed officials initially expected. So what's the silver lining? Well, the Fed acknowledges our economic resilience and doesn't foresee conditions becoming as challenging as they predicted just three months ago. 
So this is promising for what economists call a soft landing scenario, uh, and that it could come true if the Fed is correct with their forecast. But here's a curveball that took the markets by surprise a bit. The, re- the release of the so-called dot plot, and this dot plot represents individual committee members' expectations of the appropriate federal funds rate each year. And despite already having hiked rates by 5% over the last 15 months, the majority of the committee members see at least two more quarter percent rate hikes this year. If this happens, we'll see the Fed fund rate hit 5.625, a level that we haven't been at in more than 20 years, specifically since 2001. Further, the committee expects the Fed fund rate to sit at 6.2, or I'm sorry, 4.625% at the end of 2024. So this suggests some rate cuts could be on the horizon, but perhaps not as many as the market has been predicting. And if the committee, if the committee's forecasts pan out, we could see upward pressure on bond yields. Uh, now I want to remind you of a quote from Yogi Berra. It's tough to make predictions, especially about the future. This is true here. Of course, you know, we know the Fed's forecasting ability isn't infallible. That's a double negative, but you get what I'm saying here. Their, their dot plot historically hasn't been the most accurate predictor. In fact, Bloomberg's analysis shows that the dot plot median often overestimates policy rates, sometimes pretty significantly. The most glaring example in, is in 2015 when the committee projected 2017's interest rates to be above 3.5% when they actually ended up being closer to half of a percent. I mean, that is a pretty big whiff. But despite its historical inaccuracies, the dot plot's still worth monitoring. The dynamics between the Fed's forecast and the market expectations could really actually have a bit of an impact on bond yields. So let's kind of wrap this up with some uh, bottom line kind of insights here. It's always challenging for policymakers to manage during periods of economic regime shifts. The current environment echoes that of early 2007. And I, I know that makes you maybe grip a little bit tighter when you hear that. But back then, the Fed held a similar hawkish bias, believing that the housing market was stabilizing and the economy would continue to grow despite inflation risks. And we all know that wasn't the case in the ensuing quarters. But even though I'm referencing 2007 here, it's essential to clarify that I'm not saying that this is going to be a replay of 2008. But I think especially after the kind of run that we've been on here lately, I think we need to brace for some volatility in the coming months, um, given that the economic outlook is a bit cloudy. Uh, we st- this has been a f- great first half of the year, but it, we did two steps forward and one step back a number of times. Uh, and, and so I think you need to really understand, and markets have been pricing in a bit of a possibility that the Fed is going to cut rates in the second half of the year. And with this kind of rate pause hawkishness, I think we're really starting, what we're really starting to see play out is the Fed wants the Fed fund rate at or near 5%. And if allowed time to cook, that's going to tackle inflation and they may not need to go up further than that. In fact, I doubt they even want to. So rate hikes, possibly rate cuts. I don't think so. Um, you know, but the Fed did one thing this week and said another. And I tend to believe actions over words and they pause the rate increases. So even though they're talking tough and it's a possibility, it's data dependent. It's possible that rates go up later this year to the tune of a quarter percent twice or half of a percent once or whatever it is they decide to do. It's also very possible that we reached the peak here, but rates may not come down anytime soon. 
because the economy has remained relatively resilient and that could continue to be the case in the next six months. God only knows. And that's why we, we watch and we wait and we're patient and we stick to our guns. But as far as markets are concerned, even with this economic slowdown, lately the the path of least resistance has been higher. So let's enjoy it while it lasts, not get too over, overly optimistic here, and just keep an eye on the Fed as we get into the second half of 2023. I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about interest rates or Fed rates or how any of these things affect your portfolio, or you're just looking for a second opinion, you can email us at info at Ford FG. My name is Brian Ullman. I look forward to talking to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Perennial Investment Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Ford Financial Group and Perennial Investment Advisors are separate entities from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group, Perennial Investment Advisors, and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.